Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Sal pal. Sal pal. Sal pal. Sal pal. Sal pal. Sal Antonio. That's right. The great Sal Pal joining Canty and Carlin right now on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Sal Pal, of course, ESPN NFL reporter and host of NFL Matchup Saturday mornings on ESPN2. Sal Pal, it's Chris and Chris. What's up? Oh, man, my guys. On a Friday afternoon in week 18, Boy, I'm glad to talk to you. Been a challenging and uh, difficult and unprecedented week, but uh, you know we're getting to the football games, and sounds like we're getting some good news out of the hospital in Cincinnati. So that's great. And it continues to come, and we are more than thrilled for that. Uh, earlier today, Demar Hamlin had his uh, breathing tube removed, and he has been able to speak uh, to attending staff and family, and also visited with teammates on a. FaceTime call earlier, so that was just outstanding news. Sal, when we actually get to the football for the weekend, uh, we've got some interesting scenarios, and we'll start in Philadelphia with the Eagles and Jalen Hurts. Nick Sirianni earlier today said it's trending in the right direction. What is your read on the Eagles quarterback situation? Yeah, exactly that, Chris. It is trending in the right direction, and the right direction is getting Jalen Hurts back on the field. Uh, You know, this team was trending downward in the last two weeks, and mostly it was because of the play of the quarterback, and I don't think the coaching staffs gave him much help either. I thought the game was mismanaged against New Orleans by the offensive coaching staff and on the defensive side uh, in very specific ways that did not help Gardner Minshew. But Gardner Minshew didn't help himself either, but he's just not Jalen Hurts. He's just not. I mean, Jalen Hurts was on an MVP trajectory, and he was the scheme. He was the system. It was Jalen Hurts, and now uh, he gets a chance to come back onto the field. So there'll be a number of things that I'll be watching, especially in the first quarter. Number one, you're coming back from a shoulder sprain. A sprain, by definition, Chris, yep, is a tear, tear. Is a tear in the ligament. Yeah, in the ligament that connects the shoulder blade to the clavicle, to the chest bone. So, you know, that has to repair on its own. Uh, And we'll see whether he can drive the football, whether the football is accurate and has the right trajectory and spin rate that we're used to with Jalen Hurts. That's the first thing we're looking for. The second thing we're looking for, will he be that kind of violent, reckless, abandoned kind of runner that he was earlier in the year that, you know, basically was the engine behind this Eagles running game the last two years, you know, and will he drop his shoulder? Uh, And boy, oh boy, I hope that we're not going to be able, we're not going to be seeing those quarterback sneaks. You know, the Eagles have run the most quarterback sneaks in a year this century. And I don't like to see that when he's pile driving his neck and shoulders 
into the line of scrimmage. So all of those things we'll be looking for to see whether we have the real Jalen Hurts out there. Sal, let's go a little further down I-95. One of the things we don't need to be looking for is Lamar Jackson on the field against the Bengals because the Ravens have ruled him out for Week 18. But spinning this thing forward, because Baltimore is in the playoffs, the Ravens had a report on their website that said there was the expectation that he would be available for the postseason. Now he hasn't practiced. Just where do we stand with everything that's happening right now in Baltimore with Lamar Jackson? What are people anticipating for the Ravens at the quarterback spot moving forward? 14 straight practices, no Lamar Jackson. 14. Chris Canny, you played the game at the highest level. You missed 14 straight practices. I don't care what position it is, but especially at the quarterback position, uh, you just don't suit up and play magically and play at the same level. So, you know, I'm a little skeptical, and I think people should be that he'll be able to just come right back and play in the game. He is a special athlete. He has special athletic traits and skills. And if anybody's going to be able to do it, we'll see. But we'll know a lot in the middle of next week. He'll have to be a full and or limited practice participant on Wednesday of next week. Well, you know, maybe even Tuesday, depending on when the Ravens play. Hmm. So that's the key. You know, we got a couple of days to figure it out. And so do the Baltimore Ravens. But in the meantime, hey, Chris, they just got dump trucked by Pittsburgh. Okay. Uh, And they're playing another division rival. You know, it's not just all Lamar Jackson. Everybody needs to show up, play with a sense of uh, urgency in the football game. We're not just going to sit around and wait for Lamar Jackson to come back to fix the problems for the Baltimore Ravens. Sal Palantonio, ESPN NFL reporter, host of ESPN NFL Matchup, of course, on Saturday mornings. Sal, um, when you look at what's going on in New England as they try to make it to the postseason, A, it's remarkable that they're in this position to begin with, but B, something we're going to spend a lot of time talking about is what Mac Jones is moving forward. So, Sal, what is Mac Jones? I think he's waiting for a real offensive coordinator, bottom line. I think he has all the traits, uh, and they are developing. He is a young player. But this was a dead year, Chris. I mean, the way they handled the offensive staff and the offense, and he doesn't have any Pro Bowl players surrounding him at the the skill position players in the offense. So – they got to get the young man some help. He's their quarterback. They're not going to, they, he's their first round quarterback out of Alabama. They're not going to give up on him. They got to get him some help. Sal, staying in the AFC East and speaking of quarterbacks that teams don't want to give up on, Zach Wilson, Rob Sala has just said that Joe Flacco will be the starting quarterback in light of Mike White not being able to play due to the rib injuries, and Zach Wilson will go into the game against the Miami Dolphins as the backup quarterback. Now, we asked Herm Edwards about it. He couldn't make heads or tails of that decision. We heard a report from Michael Kay on 98.7 here in New York that's saying that owner Woody Johnson is pushing for Zach Wilson uh, to, to be the guy in 2023. What do you make of that situation with Zach Wilson and the New York Jets? It is odd. I agree with Herm. I don't get it. Listen, you know, it's the end of the year. You're out of the playoffs. He needs action, Chris. 
he needs action. He needs real live action against real live NFL players. You're not going to learn anything by letting him sit in the sun in Florida. He's got to be out on the football field. That's my opinion. Been around the league for 30 years. I don't know. Do you disagree with me? You have the expertise. But to me, if you're out of the playoffs and you know Joe Flacco is Joe Flacco at this point in his career, don't you give the young man an opportunity to face real live action in Miami? I I think you do. You know, Mike LaFleur said – uh, this is the quote that just blows my mind. Michael Ford, the offensive coordinator, says, in hindsight, it probably would have benefited him to sit back and learn a little bit and watch a veteran do it and just kind of grow in this league in the backseat watching and getting better in practice and better through scouting. He said that in year two in January, oh. in week 17, between week 17 and week 18. Are you kidding me? Now are you going to say that? about Zach Wilson in year two of this non-development of this young quarterback? I mean, I'm sorry. I I think he's got to be out there, and I think they have to change their attitude towards him. He has to change his, too. We get that. But he's not going to do it on the bench, Chris. I completely agree with you, Sal, and I want to ask you, because you have been around the National Football League so long, have you seen a quarterback get to the other side of adversity like this? I mean, we're talking about a guy that was benched a healthy scratch as the second overall pick in year two and relegated to backup status going into week 18 when his team is seemingly playing for nothing. Have you seen a situation like this? And have you seen a quarterback get to the other side of this? I don't think I have. I really don't, you know, and it's all a part of the makeup. Listen, it's a gotta want a situation. Football is a game of the heart. As Marty Schottenheimer once famously said, You can be physically prepared. You can be mentally prepared in the meetings. But you have to be emotionally prepared to play the game and to face the music that your teammates give you, that your coaches give you, that your media, the media in your town gives you. You And it goes back to when they were interviewing him. You know, he passed the job interview. The job interview is CEO of the NFL team, one of the NFL teams in the Big Bad Apple. Okay, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's a very specific job description. I mean, for all of the faults that people have given Daniel Jones, and I haven't given him very many over the years, he has turned out to be a CEO of a football team in the Big Bad Apple. And Zach Wilson has not. And I think you look at the two of them and you say, okay, look at the makeup of the two guys. Daniel Jones stands in there, takes the hits. He's one of only 11 quarterbacks to start all 16 games this year. He's taken some really hard coaching from Brian Dayball. That's why Daniel Jones only has eight turnovers this year on pace for the fewest in his career is because Dayball's been in his grill. You know, coaching matters and you got to respond to it in life, in football, doesn't matter what it is. So this is an important moment in the career of Zach Wilson and maybe Robert Sala, and the New York Jets. We keep saying that about the New York Jets. It's an important moment. It's a pivotal year. It's a build-back year. Whatever we say it, it's all the time with the Jets. But, you know, for Zach Wilson, this is the moment, and he ain't going to learn anything on the bench, in my view. Great stuff as usual, Sal. Appreciate it. Thanks. Yes, sir. Sal Palantonio, ESPN NFL reporter and host of NFL Matchup on Saturday mornings. You know, 
I got to say it. It's that's telling when Sal says he he hadn't seen this. No, and that that's telling. I, I was racking my brain trying to come up with the quarterback who's done it. I, I, it doesn't come to mind right away. It doesn't come to mind right away. As somebody that was this immature that really didn't get it, and that a team basically wanted to shut down, and now they were, and then after that they were able to turn it around. I, we haven't seen it. I I can't think of anybody, and honestly. It's such a shame that in this year, as Sal was talking about, that was so pivotal for the pivotal, pivotal for the Jets. There you go. You got pivotal. <laughs> what the hell is pivotal? Anyway, <laughs> means I can pivot. Anyway, it's a pivotal year for the Jets that you would get to the end of the season in week 17, still be alive for the playoffs. But the worst possible scenario in all of that is you, your quarterback is lost, absolutely lost. It speaks well of everything else. It doesn't speak well of that. Well, here's the thing, though. Add the extra layer is the owner's involvement in all of this, and that's why you can't assume that the New York Jets won't part company with coaches on their staff, with people in the front office. It feels like a scenario where everything is on the table, and it takes the shine off of what I thought was a wildly successful season for the New York Jets, given how things started. If you were to tell me that the New York Jets would win seven games after the schedule release back in the spring, Carlin, I would have told you that Rob Sala's a damn good head coach. And I still feel like he is a good head coach. But I don't know that that's going to matter when it comes to the owner getting what he wants. And from the sounds of it, it's Zach Wilson as his starting quarterback in 2023, hell or high water, even if the head coach or and or the general manager don't agree with me. If the that's owner's, a problem. If the owner is doing that, I'm the coach, I'm the GM, I'm walking into the office and say, fire me. What am I doing here? What's the point? If that's how we're going to do it. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Then there's the flip side of what we were talking about with Sal a few moments ago. Jalen Hurts. Mm. To me, as much as I feel like home field advantage throughout the postseason is incredibly important to the Philadelphia Eagles, more so... I think, to the Eagles than to either of the other two teams that can get it, the 49ers, even the Cowboys, because I think the Cowboys can blow it anywhere. <laughs> Having said that, I still believe that the number one thing they need to see this week is that Jalen Hurts can play and to shake some of the rust off because I don't want the first game that Jalen is going out there and playing, let it be next week or two weeks from now, to be one where he has not played in a month, and it's going to take me at least a half to get past some of that rust. Yeah, I mean, for him to not play meaningful football in four to five weeks, depending on where the Eagles' seating is, I don't know that that's a tenable situation, Carlin. I I think you have to have him out there just because we talk about it all the time. There are three speeds in the NFL. There's preseason speed, there's regular season speed, and then there's playoff speed. In the latter... Is far faster and far more intense than anything that the players see in the first four months, five months of the year. I, I, I just don't know that you can put a player out there that hasn't played in over a month in that scenario and expect that you're going to get positive results. And this is a win or go home situation. So I, I think Nick Sirianni has to put him out there. You handle him with kid gloves with the play calling from Shane Steichen. Herm Edwards talked about it. When you want to throw the ball down the field, it's match, max protect. 
short to intermediate routes. It's three-step, quick game. And then with the running game, there ain't no zone read with Jalen Hurts as a pull option. Jalen Hurts don't need to be running the football. No. At all. There's not At a, all, Carlin. No. You protect him from himself with the play calling. Now, I get it. Instincts take over. If he goes out there and he scrambles, you just ingrain it in his mind. You make sure you slide. You don't take any contact. But it's a situation where you don't allow any of those quarterback design runs or any of those zone read opportunities for Jalen Hurts to pull it based on something that he sees. I think they have to insulate him in that way, but you do have to play him because he does need to see it. See, that's the thing. There is a way to protect him, as you're describing, without asking him to not go full bore. Yes. And that is the way, and that is on the coaches. Which is, but, but it's not easy for the player no, to do. No, it's not. That's a fine line, but Carlin, here's the deal. If you don't play him, your season's over anyway. It's going to be grand opening, grand closing in the playoffs if you don't play him. Now, there are going to be people that push back and say, well, if he gets hurt in this game, season's over too. Yeah, that's the risk that you run. That can happen any week. That can happen any week. So, I mean, you got to put the guy out there. He's got to play. Yeah. It's too much to be gained for the Eagles. The number one seed. An automatic playoff win because you don't have to play on the wild card. You get a bye, which allows Lane Johnson and other guys that you have on both sides of the ball to get healthier. C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who just got into the window where he can return to the team, he has another week to get healthier and contribute. This guy still leads the league, still leads his team in picks, yep. and he ain't played in a What's month. What's he got, six this year? He's got six, and he ain't yeah. played in a month. So, I mean, getting those guys back makes a difference, too. You have the potential to buy yourself more time by winning this game. That's why Jalen Hurts has got to be out there. Just more than anything else, big picture. Let's big picture this, Jalen. I keep driving that home. I keep driving that home. I get what the instincts are in the game. Mm-hmm. It can't necessarily take over come game time this week. Next week, absolutely. This week, let's be smart. Canteen Carlin ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance, and we've had discussions all day long on whether or not it is fair what the NFL is doing if they have made the right decision in what they have done with home field advantage in the AFC playoffs and the possibility of neutral site games in the AFC championship that could happen between the Bills, uh, the Bengals, and the Chiefs. Is it fair how they have done it, or should they have just let it be? We've had some great calls from you. Lines are open right now on that at 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. In just moments, though, we were speaking about Mac Jones a few moments ago. Is this the most important game of his career? Our Patriots insider joins us next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. 
Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, presented by Progressive Insurance. I am really very interested to see how it plays out for the New England Patriots because it is pretty darn impressive that they are in a spot of winning your in this Sunday in Buffalo. So to shed some more light on that, we welcome in Mike Reese, ESPN NFL Patriots reporter, who joins us right now. Mike, Canty, and Carlin, we appreciate a few minutes. Would you have envisioned a few weeks ago that they would have been in this situation? Well, the way they finished out that Raiders game, guys, when they lateraled the game away, uh, I thought at that point it seemed like that was it, you know, for them. Um, pro- they were helped, obviously, by some of the other teams around them, Miami, um, specifically one of them, you know, not closing the deal. And um, the Jets, another one, not closing the deal. And so it sort of kept them alive. And, and I'll tell you, being in the locker room, some of the guys just sort of were almost, I don't know, how do I say it, befuddled. They said, geez, we keep getting given these chances, so until they tell us we're not going to play, we're going to keep playing. And so it was almost like they couldn't believe that they were still alive. Mike, I know this is going to sound blunt, but I'm going to get straight to the point. Is this the most consequential game for Mac Jones as a starter for the New England Patriots? I don't I, – I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far. I, I don't think so. I think this is much bigger than that. To me, the whole question surrounding the Patriots is not as much about Mac as it is about Bill Belichick's future plans on what he's going to do to get Mac up to speed and, 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 and how Bill Belichick's decisions this year in terms of formulating his staff and, and sort of stripping down the old offense and trying to rebuild it didn't create a situation that put anyone really on the offense, maybe outside of running back Ramondre Stevenson, in a position to succeed. I mean, they, they pretty much regressed across the board. So to pin it on Mac to me is is a little bit um a little bit harsh in my view. Mike Reese, ESPN Patriots reporter joining Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. So what does this look like moving into next year? Is there a safe assumption because we've heard the reports of the owner not being thrilled about what the offensive situation is and wants it completely revamped that Bill Belichick will actually go out and get an offensive coordinator? Well, no one knows the answer to that, guys. And, and part of the reason that's the case is that Bill Belichick, he, he hasn't told anyone what he's thinking. And there are people on his own staff, actually everyone, I believe, on his own staff has no idea, you know, what he's thinking. Um, he is so um, – this goes back to, like, when Josh McDaniels almost took the Colts job. He just doesn't entertain any future conversation until the season's over. He – believes that the 
week-to-week focus on game plans and winning games is all that should matter. So it's literally like blinders on a horse that he puts on. So I, all I can do is speculate, and I would just say, guys, that it would be a hard sell to anyone for him to come back with the status quo. Every single statistic offensively, if you go from last year to this year, they've dipped considerably, and especially the key ones that he always talks about, third down, red zone, um, just, I mean, they're the third, do you guys know they're the 32nd red zone offense in the league, literally last in the NFL wow. uh, in terms of scoring touchdowns in the red zone. Yeah, that's not great. Mike, uh, <laughs> <laughs> when we look a little bit closer at this matchup, what, what, what has been the focus for the Patriots' preparation for the Buffalo Bills in terms of them trying to make sure that they get a different result than what happened earlier in the season on Thursday Night Football? Oh, man. Well, so first thing, guys, is the environment. They've talked all week about, first and foremost, they want to make it clear, like, their primary focus was on DeMar Hamlin and a full recovery. So showing empathy and care, like, this affected everyone around the league. At the same, So they know they're going into a very emotional, supercharged environment. Can you imagine, guys, what that stadium's going to be like Sunday at 1 o'clock? So the first, I mean, that's going to be, that's going to be the one, one, one person with the team mentioned to me thought like when the saints came back after Katrina and not that that it's a, you know, apples to apples, you know, but remember like something that brings everyone together. Like, so the, the first thing before they do anything, guys, it's how do you meet that moment? And in that environment, stand up to that. That's what they talked about a lot today when I was in the locker room, the idea they got to start fast and not have the environment just literally be a tidal wave that knocks them off and, and that they can never get started. Mike, we appreciate the insight. Thanks for a couple of minutes. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. Yep. Mike Reese, ESPN Patriots reporter. I think what's interesting to me with Mac Jones, the, the offensive coordinator is a real problem. So how am I supposed to evaluate him? Here we are on the brink of making the playoffs again, and we are in this spot in part because, not that he's played amazing, but that he has had to fight through obstacles that he has not had before Mm. with a staff, frankly, that just doesn't have a ton of offensive experience. So how how do I evaluate him as being my guy moving forward? That's a fair question, Carlin, but I'm sitting here looking at the quarterback metrics for this season. Mac Jones has the 29th ranked QBR this year, which is slightly in front of Davis Mills and right behind Carson Wentz and Russell Wilson. Okay, so what was it a year ago? That's what I also would want to know is how much did it drop off and did it drop off because of what happened with the offensive coordinator? When you go from Josh McDaniels to what they had this year with Patricia and Joe Judge, you got to expect a drop off. Yeah, I guess that's fair to say, but I mean, uh, some of that has got to be within the control of the quarterback. Now, he was 16th in QBR last year, 16th. So from 16th to 29th, I I get what you're saying in terms of the inexperience of the staff and the offensive coordinator and sequencing plays and play calling. All of that stuff is valid, Carlin. But 29th? I know. But that, I can also that, 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 that that's Chris, awful. Some of the decision making that we're seeing, I mean, staring down receivers yeah. and throwing the football, a second year quarterback at the end of year two shouldn't be making those mistakes. Personally, he's not the guy. I would not believe that he is. Okay. But 
having said that, I'm giving him a third year if he makes the playoffs in each of his first two seasons. Oh, well, you have to give him a third year. No, I don't mean it like a Zach Wilson situation, but I mean I'm not already looking elsewhere for somebody else. Well, no, you have to give him a third year if he makes the playoffs his first two years as a starter and he made the Pro Bowl as a rookie. And I give him a real offensive coordinator. No, no, no. You have to give him that chance, but that's why I asked Mike Reese, is this the most consequential game for Mac Jones as a starter in New England? Because if he does make the playoffs, then he's, he's a guaranteed lock to go into 2023 as QB1 unfettered with no competition. But if you don't, after what you've seen, I'm not saying that it's a fait accompli, but I don't think it's completely off the board to not only change your offensive staff, but to bring in some competition for your third-year quarterback. One last one. How are the Bills going to approach that game if the Chiefs already have the number one seed locked up? Does it change things? Does Sean McDermott, before kick, decide, you know what? We can't get the one seed. Chiefs won yesterday. Maybe this is uh, a couple of guys getting some rest here. Maybe I'm not getting Josh Allen out there as much. Uh, we'll see about it. I, I think there could be some therapy with just those guys being out there on the football field. Think That's about true. what Josh Allen said about going out to practice yesterday. It was great to just put a helmet on. Yep. And so, to, I don't want to say put it past them because DeMar is always going to be in their minds, but I do think them getting back to some sense of normalcy is therapeutic. It's cathartic in a lot of ways, and I, I think for no other reason you put them out there. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. There's one former NFL coach who's looking to get back into the league, and given the events of the last couple of days, it may happen a little bit sooner, sooner than despite what he has to say. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? I tell you, yesterday we're sitting here and I'm reading just what is the oddest statement that is put out by the Michigan uh, Twitter account, you know, Michigan football Twitter account. Okay. And you would think when you see something like that, and it's got a big graphic with a statement from the head coach and Jim Harbaugh, that that statement is going to be definitive. I am staying put no matter what. This is my place. Because, because it they says, put it out there. It said, Michigan man through and through. And that was from the Michigan football account. So their social media account put it out. Right. Okay. That graphic said, while we can't tell what's going to happen in the future, <laughs> I expect 
to be the coach at Michigan. And then a couple hours later, Adam Rittenberg on ESPN.com has a story that Michigan is being investigated for potential recruiting violations. Uh, Now, what was odd was, from the way they were described, the violations themselves did not seem to be off the charts major. It yeah, was like yeah, there were, contact there were, at impermissible times and yeah, things like that. Yeah, there were four level two violations, which are considered minor infractions by the NCAA standards. But there was also a reference to what Harbaugh's reaction and his cooperation in the investigation was. And then it was called a very serious situation. I wonder if Harbaugh basically telling investigators to kick rocks made them ramp this up a little bit more. Yeah, I'm sure it does, Carlin, especially when you hear some of the things because there's one violation for having too many coaches on the field, which doesn't quite make a whole lot of sense to me. Well, here's the deal there. but, But here's what I'll say. For a guy that's coming from the National Football League who has a staff with the San Francisco 49ers, when you have a rule in place that says you can't have X amount of staff members on the field, it just it, it feels like it's one of those rules that's a bit antiquated. Yeah. Uh, but needless to say, this is a rule that the NCAA has, and it presents the potential violation. Well, the, the level one violation that is uh, included in the allegations is for Harbaugh not complying with or misleading NCAA investigators. Chris, Harbaugh going to the league right now, I mean, is this going to be a a Pete Carroll situation? Because personally, if somebody's going to pay me 17 to 19 to $20 million a year, and I'm Jim Harbaugh, what am I doing? Get me out of here. Well, I mean, listen, man, that's easier said than done. His whole family is in Ann Arbor. He's a Michigan alum. The program is rolling right now, even though they can't win a bowl game. Uh, they've lost six consecutive bowl games. The program is in good shape, Carlin. And it's a situation where we know that there's friction between him and the athletic director, but the, the AD can't do a damn thing about it. Why? Because you're not going to upgrade from Jim Harbaugh as your head coach. So I, I, I just struggle to see a world where it makes sense from a quality of life standpoint for Jim to leave. Now, from a competitor standpoint, that's a different can of worms altogether. And I get wanting to compete against what seemingly are the best coaches in the best football league in the world. I understand that. And if there's a franchise that's willing to pay him 15 to $20 million to go prove his, prove his ability to be able to do that once again, then I get it. But it's just it's a, it's a really good situation that he's walking away from at Michigan right yeah, now, but, even it, though but Chris, he has a contentious relationship with the athletic director. But if you have these things coming, and this is going to be problematic, and you're going to get... The worst thing that's probably going to happen is Harbaugh would get suspended for a few games. Okay, he gets suspended for the first couple of games of the season where they're playing, you know, Sisters of the Poor. Like, this stuff stuff doesn't bother me as far as if I'm Jim Harbaugh and I'm trying to make a decision. You brought out the, the point, though, a second ago about wanting to compete on the highest level, about wanting to win a championship on the highest level and how close the one thing we need to acknowledge is how close he came to doing that already and he fell short and the guy he lost to was his brother and for me if i'm harbaugh that certainly is going to be something that's going to stick with me and i might want to take another shot at and considering what the numbers are that are being thrown around 
It has not been the easiest of goes for Jim up at Michigan. Those fans have not been pro Harbaugh all these years. Like up until last year, remember, he had an extension that was barely an extension. You know, he they were ready to get cut. rid of him. It yeah. was a pay cut. There was a pay two cut. Year, two and years was, ago was a pay cut. And the buyout was virtually nothing. Yeah. Like they could fire him with very little penalty along the way. Mm-hmm. So with that being the case, they upped the salary last year because they had to. Mm-hmm. But that is an impatient group. And they have gotten to the college football playoff two years in a row. They don't look at it like you and I do. They look at it like that's not good enough yet. Well, you say that, but you've beat Ohio State in back-to-back years. When's the last time Michigan's program True. has done that? And then if you're a Michigan and fan... And, and they'll say we have the lost athletic... to them five and six years in a row before that. Uh, okay, <laughs> yeah, but here's what I'll say. If you're a Michigan fan, do you want to go back to the Rich Rod years? No. Do you want to go back to the Brady Hoke years? Oh, God, no. Okay, so if that's the case... Where's the clear and obvious upgrade from Jim Harbaugh's terms of the college coach that you're going to be able to attract? That's a Michigan man. Mm-hmm. The Michigan man stuff means something. That's no my doubt. point. And There's this no is somebody doubt. that has ingratiated himself in that community. His family is his family is there. Outside of John, the entire family's there. Yeah, I'm, but I'm telling you, know, you why, that... why, why, why? My thing is this. Be careful what you wish for. Oh, I totally agree with that. If you're a Michigan fan or if you're the athletic director. Chris, he can win a championship there. about trying to push this guy out the door. Because the biggest thing is being able to win the conference, and he's shown you back-to-back years he can get that done. And you better. The national championship is the next step. Just give him time. You better be able to do that if you're Jim. That's the thing. All I'm saying is it has not been the easiest. It has not been the most support in the world, and that fan base is getting cranky. 